Welcome to our GRTR at 20 podcast series. The past couple of decades has seen the return and rise of Swedish melodic hard rockers Europe and capturing the ears of those listeners who maybe thought they were merely purveyors of cheesy synth pop rock. Not at all, and before their UK tour in February of 2007, we chatted to the band's frontman and vocalist, Joey Tempest. I caught up with Joey Tempest, the vocalist and songwriter with the band Europe, at the start of the UK leg of their European tour on February the 9th in Liverpool. And I started off by asking him what was happening with the band when they split in 1992. Well, I probably have to go back a bit further to start to get everybody get the right picture. John and I met when we were 14 or 15. I was 15, he was 14. We started the band maybe a few years later. So um, we recorded Europe, the first album, when we were only 18 or 19 or something. And then we went on the road immediately um, until age seven. We, we did three albums with John. Um, Van Kampen was the third one, and uh, after that he, he, he wanted to do some solo stuff. So Keith came in the back. Um, and did, we, did, we continued, uh, obviously, show must go on, and we, we went on to do Out This World and Prisoners with Keith, and then in 92, in the tour bus, important, but it was the last gig we did, and we talked about having a break. Because by then, we were sort of, we moved out of Sweden in 87, and, and sort of lived in the suitcase and, and toured. We started touring in 83, basically, I think, in the first album. Because our dream was to be a touring album, touring band. Our favorite albums were live albums, like Strangers in the Night, you Fall, and Deep Purple, Made in Europe. Loud and dangerous with Lizzie. So touring was the main thing. But anyway, 92, yeah, yeah. So I said, I want to make a solo album. I want to get away from everything for a little while. It was none, no, was no talk of splitting up. It was just talk about taking a take break, move home. They wanted to move home to their girlfriends and stuff in Sweden. But I met, I met my uh, now wife uh, in 92. So I stayed, stayed around. Um, and then lived in Ireland for a while. Now I'm back in London. Basically, we, we wanted a short break. I want to make a solo album. I remember saying, I'd, I'd love to just get away for a little while. Uh, I was missing John already, because so, he he's sort of an instigator. He's sort of a fire starter, you know, when he's around. He all, he's also, um, this lineup is uh, come, comes from the same area outside Stockholm. Same age, same area, went to the same gigs, same parties. So it was more natural thing with, with, with John rather than Keith. So when we started up again, it was just um, it was great when John came back to rehearsal with Millennium, you know. So when you say that you, you wanted to be a touring band, would you say that the, the big hit final countdown, which people tend to associate you with, took you by surprise, really? Yeah. And took you off in a completely different direction? Oh, yeah. I mean, we've talked about this now. and We were um, almost, a, almost a progressive rock band in the beginning. We tried different things on the first two albums. and. But the main thing was to get the album done and get on the road. So when Final Countdown came, we, we, um, we got a bit better in the studio, of course, and uh, American producer who, who mixed it a little bit for American radio. Um, 
now he's very talented at that. He did that with Journey, and, and he's, Kevin is a great friend of ours, and he's, he's fantastic. But it also threw us into a different world. Final Countdown became sort of a pop song, and, and it was never meant to be because it was six minutes long. It was written for the show. It was, it was written to open a Europe show in the spirit of, you know, uh, can I say it? Like, like an event opener, create some energy in them. So when that became a hit, we were thrown into a pop world which we were not comfortable with, and John was the least comfortable with it. Mm. We were doing promotion tours in Europe for a month, months. I mean, we could go on promotion tours without playing live. So you do playback shows and photo sessions and interviews all day, and you never play. Mm. And it's very destructive to musicians, and John is a true musician. So I, my guess is that he didn't like that side of things as well. Um, and it wasn't that good for the band either, so we just powered on, we went back to, to writing to do Out of This World as soon as we could, really. But, um, yeah, we're more comfortable being a touring, working rock band. And would you uh, say that yeah. with, with the new album, you're getting back to the music that you really love playing, but yeah. the heavier rock? Start from the rock and Secret yeah. Society are both really, really what we want to do. We more or less produced by ourselves with friends that we know and love to work with. So how did you, the two of you get back together again for the start from the Dark, from the dark album in 2004? Well, well, what was the kind of break, John called me and I called him and we sent solo albums to each other. I played on one of his albums. I, I sang on one of his albums, Face the Truth. He played on my first solo album, a blues solo on, on uh, I think it was Right to Respect or something. <coughs> and, um, so we kept in contact and we were always sort of talking about things. But he was involved with docking and solo stuff. I was involved in contracts with my stuff. I signed up for a, I think it was a three album deal or something. So it wasn't that easy to just drop everything. But after, uh, when we met again at the Millennium, I also have to mention that Ian Howland was very much an uh, instigator, very much a, a motor in the bringing things together. He called around a lot of contacts. But you do go right back to school days with John Norham then yeah. and, and the rest of the, the guys yeah, yeah. in the band. Yeah. Well, so we didn't go to the exact same schools all the time, but we were the same, the same, same suburb, same town. Mm. We knew about each other. I heard a rumour that he was, John was playing in this band called WC and mm. I was playing, um, I think it was Michael, Roxy Arm or something, or Blazer. And I went to see him play and I, was, I just wanted to play with that guy. He was the best around. It was him and Ingvia Bumpson as well. But John was my style, you know, it was really like. Him. And we started force really. He brought a drummer from his old band, and then I came from one band, and then we had another bass player in the beginning. Right. So just moving right up to date with the new album and the tour, how's the tour been going? Because you're now on the last sort of last leg of the tour for the moment, aren't you? Playing the UK, and then yeah. you go, yeah, go to Japan, I believe. Five, yeah. Yeah. This is a five week tour, and we're on the last two weeks now. Mm-hmm. last 10 days maybe. We're doing a couple in Russia as well, but they're not connect- immediately connected to this tour. It's gone well. I mean, we, we just keep saying how lucky we are that we can tour around the world, you know. And it's mostly sold out, but I mean, it's not, we're not doing the biggest venues, but we're doing comfortable venues that we like. And yes. Some countries are bigger venues, some countries are smaller. Because actually, potentially, Europe's got a massive stadium sound. I mean, how have you adapted to the, the smaller venues? And when we're saying small, they're not really that small, are they? They're about, say, 800 to 1,000. Yeah, we've done on this, on this Secret Society tour, we, don't think for, we did one gig of 10,000 in, in Stockholm, and then... Everything down to from 800 to 10,000, really. This tour is mainly between 800 and 3,000. Yes, yes. This particular leg. 
We're adapting very, very well. We have uh, some backdrops that are a bit too big to some of the small places, but we um, we simply just uh, downsize a little bit. Yes, and uh, we've always done that. I mean, mm. the light engineer is with us since '83. He's seen us go up and down and play from you know at the time we played for 60,000 in Milton Keynes with Bon Jovi and also in Bombay was 60,000 as well. That were headline there. So we did a couple of really big ones. Um, but we're fine with this because all our heroes and people we watch, like you with Bob and Lizzie, they, they, they tour these venues all the time. Uh, all it the time. means something it's to you. It's the right size for rock yeah. too. You know? You're right. It's You're really right. good. Yeah. Now, what, what particular tracks from the new album have gone down particularly well live you know, that you're particularly pleased with? Because you've taken it out on the road. There must be some songs on the album which you think, yeah, you really enjoyed playing those. Yeah. Or does that apply to most of them? Uh, no, we're playing about, I think we're playing six, five or six new ones. We do tend to swap around every night. Mm-hmm. So one new one will trade place to another new one tomorrow, for instance. So tonight we'll do another one. But um, the songs I've got, uh, Love Is Not The Enemy is working really nice. Let's Cheat and Play is working great. Mm. And then we alternate sometimes between them. Um, Secret Society, Brave and Beautiful Soul, and uh, Brave Travel. And it's really nice for us to get out, sort of uh, throw them in and mm. get a new kick every night. Yes, and see the reaction to yeah. that, really. It's gone really well. I've got to ask a couple of questions before you go, Joey. That's um, looking at the, the DVD that came out uh, last year, which is a fantastic DVD. You didn't play that much guitar yourself, and yet you write nearly yeah. all the material, really, don't you? Yeah, did you, are you playing more guitar on this tour, or, or not not so much? You, do you mainly focus on your vocals? I started playing um, rhythm guitar and bass in my first band, but the very very first one I sang. But then I played guitar, rhythm guitar and bass. I prefer just singing. Um, John is so great that you, know, mm-hmm. you don't want to you don't want to get in the so way. So you don't you don't want to get in the way. You know, you don't feel the need to play sort of no. like a rhythm. It's no, hard to do no. a couple of tracks. I think yeah. I played two or two, two, three yeah. tracks. That's it. <laughs> I have no ego problem. With oh, it'd be fun to do it on a few tracks, but yeah. I like to. I like to have a communication with the audience. I really admire people like Mick Jagger and Bono and people like that. Mm-hmm. I just have the connection with the audience and I'm learning every day to get that. You know. And if you have a guitar on you, it's a different world. You, know. you mm-hmm. can't move as much. It's, it's a few different things come into play. Do you think this is now a new era ready for the band? You, you can see yourself staying together now and recording yeah, yeah. the next album. It feels really good and after this year we're going to do some uh, festivals this summer as well and I'll go to America and we've done everything on this album as well. We will start working on the new album in the winter and uh, we'd love to get it out next year so that's uh, fantastic. And if we keep this tempo and if we keep showing our faces and, and producing kind of sort of relative music of today's music scene. We try to be fresh and modern in the sound to, to not do 80s albums. We don't mind playing 80s songs live, but we we update them slightly. But on record, we like to be modern. And on live performances, there's a place for nostalgia. Too. But they're not in the studio for us. There's no place for nostalgia, really. But you can tell, even though you hear Secret Society, you can also be, you can hear some choruses and some guitars, and you, it'll throw you right back to the beginning. So, yeah. I mean, we carry things <coughs> with us, but the sound, when we work with someone like Stephen Glauman that produces or mixes Rammstein, mm. you get some sort of a guy that knows how it sounds today. Mm. We want to make modern albums, you know. Mm, it's a very modern album, that's yeah. the thing about Secret Society. Yeah. Um, just finally, going back you know, over the years, the albums that you've made, if you were to recommend an album to somebody like myself really, who's got into the band through the last couple of albums, not so much the earlier stuff, 
Are there any of the earlier albums that you'd recommend, Joey? It's difficult because there are some you gems on all of them. Yeah. But Wings of Tomorrow was always mm. a special album for we, we started to sound better and we also started to learn to write uh, a little bit better. And there's an energy there that's quite quite raw and, and uh, beautiful, I think, on that album. Found Countdown is a great album, but it's more polished, you know, it's more uh, mixed for radio and uh, the guitars are lower in the mix. Yeah. We have remedied these days. That's a, begs another question because the keyboard's quite low in the mix, I think, on the new album. Was, so that, was, was that a deliberate thing, really? Well, to us, to our ears and to people we work with, um, it's, it's more timeless, you know, if you don't exaggerate too much on the keyboard. So if you do that, it's sort of. Uh, you should mix it in, you know. And guitar, we're a gear, guitar away at about down from the beginning. That's what we want to stay in that, in that world. But Mick is very talented and he plays more keyboard on the album than you think, but the mix is a bit lower in the mix maybe. Yes, yes. He's been writing on this last album as well, so Mick and myself and John has written most of it. Maybe I've written some of myself as well as I've written most, but everybody's involved and uh, keyboards are important, but to make a fresh sound today, those productions of the 80s that are the most, they, 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 they put the, the keyboards the highest. Yeah, I think you're right. You gotta have dry drums, you have to have dry guitars, and not too much effects on vocals because that's the mistake some of the productions of the 80s have mm. and the, the records became they become a bit dated sometimes in a charming way because you hear that's an 80s production <laughs> but the 70s and the 90s have something in common or, or, or the new millennium I suppose the 70s is more drier mixes not too many effects be careful with that and, um, tight and straight and, you know, that's, um, that's how in the 70s and those albums we love they were very kind of dry and in your face, mm. warm. Mm. So you're particularly <coughs> proud of the, the last, well, the, the last album and this one, representing more of the, the current band sound, really. And oh yeah, that's yeah. how it sounded when we rehearsed. Yeah. Well, especially mm. starting the dog, that's straight mm. from rehearsal into the studio. That's very raw, straightforward rock album. We spent a little bit more time with society and we wanted to sound a bit more, uh, uh, more fresh, I think. I put a little bit more work into the songwriting, lyrics, and yeah, we, we, we're, we're on a journey. We're going to take this further. Excellent. So it's important for us to show our faces and, and prove that we're back, because it's easy to think, oh, definitely, it's going around. But if we're around, do albums and tours, you know, we can finally convince them that we were never away. <laughs> Thanks, Joe, for all that, and best of luck with this leg of the tour. Yeah, I'm sure you're going to get a great reaction. Yeah.